What is going on, Circle of Debate family? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Top 5. I'm here with my co-host, Mike De Niro, from the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, as well as our special guest tonight, Dom South Philly Psycho from Top Rope Wrestling. Ivan will not make it tonight because he is an uncultured swine and couldn't come up with one thing for this list, let alone five. So we are going to reach out deep into the blood into the guts of our hearts of what we grew up on our pubescent years or not i mean this list is up to you guys there were two versions of ecw um and you are welcome to take your picks from any version of that you want to those are the rules of the list yeah no yeah we, we, we ain't doing that it's gonna be the, that is why be the I, one I, that I, I grew up watching from the crowd in the bingo hall let's put it that way my number five is ezekiel jackson winning the ecw champion from christian cage no. the night vince mcmahon took the title and Sport, yeah, do rag do rag. Somebody beating John oh. Cena or Cena, like if Cena wins, we riot like that era. I think right. that was the thing. Okay, okay, to be that fair, that, so that, was, that to but, be fair, that was that was our ECW crowd in that in the Hammerstein Ballroom that night. So oh, for a hundred percent, that was definitely I was, I was there. Crowd. I was there too. <laughs> yeah, were you like three? Uh, me? <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, yeah, I don't no, know. I, I, I've not. been going to ECW shows since I was like five years old so for nice. sure like maybe, maybe my parents should have took me because you know it was a more adult show but are you yeah, shout, shout out to them as far as i'm concerned shout out to mikey's parents i'm west coast born and raised and i have the luxury of only going to one and it was the one event they held at the grand olympic auditorium which is now a korean church mm. in skid row downtown yeah. la and i loved every second of it that's the one where XPW did their little. They, they, tried their, they tried to do their fake yep. little run in that was like supposed to be yep, a shoot. Yep. Yeah, it was so. During the, during the front row. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, like, I was sort of, I was mezzanine level and I saw them coming. I'm like, these fuckheads. These motherfuckers right here. <laughs> yeah. But like, what, what did they expect to accomplish? They had like Chris Claus and like Christy Mist. Like, you wasn't going to fight the whole you were fucking roster. Like, names. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, wait. him off. Oh, shit, he dipped. So, so I'm good at filling time. Let me ask you, because I, I know XPW came back, and I've watched a little bit of it, but it's just XPW now, right? It's not the porn company? I don't no. know who's behind the scenes. Is it not Rob Black and um, uh, Lizzie Borden? Uh, not Lizzie Borden. Uh, it is Rob Black, though. Oh, so it oh is Rob Black is back, because I remember yeah, Dark Side of the Ring and everything. Apparently, he had gone far off into the Midwest and disappeared or whatever. He was trying so to I'm... avoid those obscenity charges, and they were baiting yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I didn't see the Dark Side of the Ring, but they were baiting him into those obscenity <laughs> charges. They were like, send us a video to a city that only we know this video will be illegal. And he just like, sure, I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, Rob Black is a very special person. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so man. Uh, you can't forget that um true story and I, I don't talk about this too much but like when i was younger i was 16 and we had a running angle with our company that was it was revolution pro versus xpw so my job basically was just to run and get my ass beat by pogo the clown 700 pound madman i was 185 pound 15 year old i still had backstage <laughs> access i was still hanging out gorilla position and i still knew all the names of people i shouldn't know one of them being Veronica Kane. And she was a valet and a featured actress at the point. Mm-hmm. And um, she had just come backstage. I think she was managing White Trash Johnny Webb. God damn, if I'm right, that's weird. And he was in a blood match. Yeah. And he so he comes backstage, and I'm just chilling right there. And she's got blood everywhere. And 
I go something like, oh, my God, you got so much blood everywhere. She's like, honey, I guess I've had worse. And I knew I was like, God, damn, that's a dirty that's a dirty lady. <laughs> so that is my that is one of my favorite XPW stories. <laughs> but that is not the topic. We are giving them way too much media. for this. No, no but I love the story. So thank you. <laughs> so I'm torn between new co-host and guest of the day. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you, South Philly. We got top five. ECW moments, the moments that stand out the most to you. They don't have to be matches. They can if they need to be. They are just iconic moments. Underground Temple. Underground Temple. What's happening, dude? What's going on, man? Oh, yeah. Raven and ECW. (laughs) All right. So let's get into this top five. Um, Wait, wait. wait, We got to start it out right. We got to start it out right. Oh, please do. Yes. Extreme! I just want to do what I do on the show during the intros. I just want to go, let's fucking go. I want to do this before we get copy stricken. Yeah, I was, I was getting a little worried there. How about that much? Perfect. Dude, I run more than that, and I've never been flagged straight up. that was beautiful De Niro thank you um so yeah getting into this top five like yeah I I could have I tried to make this personal because I've had like literal first-hand experience in the ECW arena on many occasions but I also wanted to just kind of give you an idea in this top five of like everything ECW did from the crazy to the to the amazing and I'm going to start at five with something that was just in ring and, and and outside of it, absolutely ridiculous. My number five moment was the entire mass transit episode where he walks into a ring and we all know now that he said some wild shit to New Jack before the match. And then New Jack just destroys this poor guy. Yep. I mean, destroys. And then we later find out that he's underage. He's barely been trained all this shit pops off. New Jack's face in charges. The whole nine. And I, and I made that number five to prove a point. This right here would not happen anywhere else. And it also proved to me that ECW might not last so long, which broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a huge moment for me, regardless of how it ended up. At number four, I have the moment that made... Tommy Dreamer, who he was to ECW, and that was the Beulah McGillicuddy segment with Stevie and Raven, where she's in the ring with them. Stevie's trying to cop fields. He goes, lay off me, I'm pregnant. And Raven comes out, and he's bitching about, you take the pills once a day. What are you, fucking stupid? She's like, it's not yours anyway. I know it was a stupid story, but at the time, blew me away. I was a teenager, and I was like, whoa. it's not well then who is it It, all of a sudden you just hear the words it's tommy's and i was like oh fuck raven's gonna kill him but and and he sort of did but not really like that jump started tommy dreamer's career i know everybody points to sandman and the thank you may i have another and everything else but that moment right there made tommy dreamer an ecw icon comes out Beats Raven down, hits him with the pie. You know, the whole nine. The whole nine. And from there, that iconic rivalry, it just jumps off and goes to a whole other level. 
and and makes not only Tommy but but the promotion what it was. So that had to be in my top five. Number three was a huge moment for me because uh, you know Paul always talks about the fan base, you know the rabid fan base, the way they would fight for their promotion. It was their promotion, and it definitely was mine being a few blocks down from it. So when he finally announced that Barely Legal was going to be on pay-per-view, made my life. I mean, his emotion, yeah, Sabu and Taz for the, you know, after all the build and all the way, the night Terry takes it home at the last minute, like you were, I was even wondering, watching that pay-per-view, are they going to get this over with in time? (laughs) Like, I'm looking at the clock, I'm looking at the screen, I'm looking at the clock, and finally, Terry gets the win, holds up the belt, and, and by the end of that night, I am just an emotional wreck. Because it meant that much at the time. Like, I know it doesn't now because everybody has so much access and everything else. But ECW was far from that. Even I, when I wasn't there, was watching it at 2 in the morning on a random channel and getting Girls Gone Wild commercials in between. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Channel 48, by the way. You guys were the truth. But... but (laughs) But it, it was just so beautiful to hear him gush about the fan base and the fighting that they did and the way they went to war to get them there and they were finally there that just tells you everything you need to know about ecw in a nutshell it it was it wasn't i know it was paul's promotion but it felt like yours when you were living it because you had so much control over it like you just got it on pay-per-view you know you, you can't say that about AEW. You can't say that about Impact. You can't say that about anybody else. But you could say it about ECW. I know because I did it. I was part of it. Very, very similar feelings to AEW right now. I'm not saying they're parallel, but it's creeping up on, I don't know if it's the, the heartfeltness they, or if it's the fan service, but yeah. there is something there. No, they definitely like have their ECW yeah. moments. They have yeah. moments almost everything like they have their ecw moments they have their wcw moments they have their wcw yeah. moments they even sometimes have their lucha underground moments with penta <laughs> but that's a whole yeah. other story i i always um, say AEW is uh ecw with the wcw budget yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah. It, it, i get big early nxt vibes and if you were to like ramp up nxt and tone down ecw and meet in the middle to me i'm getting like my yeah. heart my heart shines I get tears when I see something on AEW. Like I've, I haven't done that in WWE in a decade or more. No, I, I'm, well, I'm you with know, you that's on not true. Like when there's, there's some moments where a tear sort of shed. Like uh, the Liv Morgan thing. When I saw the highlights for that, I didn't know until after the fact that she won the belt. I felt that um, Bianca Belair okay. stuff like that. Like and you know like, but ECW is where it originated for me. So yes. After everything I said about be, about Liv Morgan, I'm going to abstain. Yeah. But I'm glad for you because I've always told people, do you? You don't have to. You don't have to feel the way I feel or think the way I think. Do you? But if you want to watch me, then you can. But, I just watched the whole so, show and I'm like, yo, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Yeah, because <laughs> even even De Niro had a different reaction to Liv than I did, and I was like, okay, do you, homie? This is just not. Well, I don't know. If she's <laughs> Oh, she's a good or bad person. I just appreciate that they. I just see it. that title right now as a participation trophy, but that's beside the point. Yeah, that's not <laughs> I mean, Edge, Edge had it like twenty times. Or every time, was no, Edge deserved it. Not every, not every time. He's about okay, to maybe be. not. About nineteen of the twenty, he deserved it. Like eighteen, right, right. nineteen out of twenty. Okay, but maybe not twenty. Okay, he I, was never in ECW, so he can. 
One night stand 06. Now I'm just <laughs> has to do with Moxley bleeding every time he's in a match. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah, that's, he's definitely got that CCW attitude. Yeah, I mean, he came from CCW, which was like a direct descendant of ECW. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you kind of feel you kind of feel the vibe there too. Um, holy shit, where was I at? Oh yeah, so so Paul announcing the pay per view that was a huge moment for me. Um, one of the biggest moments for me is is number two because I actually saw this with my own eyes. I was in the crowd. There was a match in ECW for the television title at the ECW arena. It was Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I was gonna go like this, but nice. Uh, again, I'm trying to I'm trying to make this my own, and and this is definitely my own. Um, and the match was the match was everything ECW is not. It was counter wrestling. It was technical. It was it was a little bit of lucha libre. It was everything ECW was not at the time. And at the time, this rabid ECW fan, fan base, me included, it sounds like a New Japan crowd. When things are happening, they're just giving like small pops. They're like, oh. Yeah. But off in the distance. Off in the distance. Because I was in like second or third row. Off in the distance behind me, there's one fan. And in maybe five, ten minutes into this match, if I remember correctly, screams out, boring. And this rabid, bloodthirsty ECW crowd turned on that one fan. And before security could even get there, that crowd was escorting that man out of the building because they wanted to watch the Matt Classic that was Guerrero Malenko. And that match ended in a time limit draw, and that crowd popped and chanted ECW afterwards. You know how, like... Hangman and, and, and Dragon or Kenny and the Dragon ended in a time limit draw. We had the IWC go crazy. Like, how can they end this way? Not one fan in that building, except for maybe the dude that said boring and the fans tossed him from the arena, felt that way at all. Not one. Like, maybe sure. that dude is some of these fans' fathers. Like, maybe he gets around. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is this match had nothing to do with anything built on ECW at this point. And as soon as that fan said that, this entire crowd, which was reacting to this match and feeling it, walked him out of the building. <laughs> I know it's not a big moment in ECW history, but for me, it's number two. <laughs> yeah. And number one has to be, at least in my eyes, the original pipe bomb. Shane Douglas goes through the NWA title tournament. He beats uh, Two Cold Scorpio, I believe. Holds that belt up. He's staring at it, and he's talking about, you know, Harley Race, Ric Flair, yada, yada, yada. And they can all kiss my ass. And I got to tell you, even me, I, if you watch my show, usually uh, when I'm in my studio, there is a an NWA World Championship right behind me. Even me, who loved that belt and loved the NWA from when I was a little kid, stood up and applauded this motherfucker for doing it. Because at that point, ECW was coming out of Eastern Championship Wrestling and going into Extreme Championship Wrestling. And Shane Douglas made them by throwing that title down and holding that and holding ECW's title up and saying, you know, this is the future of the sport of professional wrestling. At that point, I was going to be a franchise mark till the day I died. And I still am. I don't care if he hasn't done anything in 15 years. I don't really care if he's a piece of shit. 
I still love him. <laughs> he could murder somebody tomorrow. He could murder my he could murder my sister tomorrow. And I'd be like, you know what? She had it coming. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> love that. That was beautiful. I'm gonna have to start naming you. I'm gonna to start calling you the soundboard extraordinaire after this. <laughs> but I, I'm serious. Like every, the man became the franchise that night. East, Eastern Championship Wrestling died. Extreme was born, and and we got something so much better and so much and so much different from anything. No offense to XPW, but anything that has ever come across the table since. You know, AEW claims to be the alternative, and to a point they are, but they still try to carry that WCW, WWE vibe when they want to. ECW was the only fucking alternative. Because never, ever in the history of any other promotion is a guy like Shane Douglas going to win that historical, legendary NWA title and go, fuck this piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is alternative for your ass. (laughs) So that's Not number sure. one on the South, on the South Philly Psychos list. Uh, what else could there be? <laughs> no, that's a, definitely a great list. That Thank is, you. That is awesome. Yeah, I remember I wasn't there for all of that. I mean, in person, sounds like you were, and I'm very jealous. And uh, yeah, just wow, reminiscing like one a thing few I think about. I was yes, yeah. I wasn't in person for Shane. I, I wish I was <laughs> at the time. I didn't have a driver's license yet, or I would have been. <laughs> right. One one thing I reminisce about is I kind of I, I don't think they ever would, but I hope they don't like remaster anything because the only way I know how to watch ECW is that if you go back to that Big Dick Dudley clip you just played, that shitty film grain VHS quality. Mm-hmm. That's how I watched it. That's how I can yes. always watch it. If I never that's how see I want it. it. I'm sure when you were that's how, I'm sure when you were there in person, that's how it looked. Yeah, right. <laughs> almost, almost to be honest. I mean, the bingo hall was not a nice place. It had no air conditioning and there like one exit, right? It was like super fire hazardy, right? One exit, yeah. one entrance. Okay. One bathroom. The place was packed to at that point beyond capacity. Let's be honest, because nobody yeah, hundred degrees. They yeah. were all about making money and fuck the fire marshal. So the place is packed tighter than a fucking drum. One exit. They had they had the shittiest power on the face of the planet. I think Paul brought it up after the pay per view that like they blew a transformer like five minutes after after barely legal went off, and that happened on multiple occasions. Part of which kind of fucked up my wrestling career. But <laughs> I'm gonna save that story for another day. <laughs> no, but definitely like I, I can't. I don't know. I, I watched the ECW on Peacock now just to like go through the time for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And it's so remastered. It's it's hard to watch because like all the music is dubbed over and the music oh, plays such terrible. a big part oh, in ECW. Um, everything is there's a lot of stuff that's edited out that they don't show sometimes for when the matches get too bloody, they go black and white. And it's like, God, this sucks, man. Like I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I keep a VCR just for my old ECW tapes. Yeah, I got some of them remastered. Not remastered. And if I get in the mood, like I just plug the VCR in, throw a tape in, and I'm like, "Hey, kid, come here. You're gonna see some crazy shit." <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like watch it in its original form. <laughs> you have to watch New Jack come out to Natural Born Killers. You have to watch Sandman come out to Enter Sandman, and not whatever the fuck they. Play RVD has to come it. out to walk, like to yeah. walk exactly. Yeah. You know, I, and they. Here's the thing about RVD. 
he had some some pretty dope WWE music, but they don't use that. They use some weird like trash polka band on the dubbing, and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least give him one of a kind if you're going to dub over anything, right? right? Like shit. If anything, just go to that. But no, you go to something completely different that's just absolutely whack. <laughs> For sure. Cool. De Niro, you're new here, man. Take it away. All right. My my list, I'm starting off where Dom left off. My number five is Shane Douglas throwing down the NWA title. Um, wow. What I love about that was <laughs> if you if you see the crowd at first when he's throwing down the title, the crowd starts booing at first. And by the end of the promo, he got the crowd to be behind him chanting ECW. So that just showed, like, what type of, like, power that promo had. Like, especially, you know, the story goes that uh, Dennis Corluzzo, the the president of the NWA, did not know that that was going to happen. So it was all, like, unfolding as a shoot in front of his eyes. Just an insane, crazy moment. That was the moment where Eastern Championship Wrestling turned into extreme championship wrestling so i feel like that that has to be on everybody's (laughs) list like that has to be on anyone's list and i think that that goes beyond ecw i feel like that should be a moment that goes on like top pro wrestling list moments like i don't know it's just such an insane moment but dom did a lot of the what's called like explaining for that it was an historic moment nonetheless my number I just think it's cool because like my number one is your number five. Yeah, I'm like, it's like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is about to become a debate. Go ahead. <laughs> my, my number four is Taz versus Mike Awesome. The only time in history where you had a WWE signed wrestler face a WCW signed wrestler in an ECW arena. It was yeah. weird circumstances. Mike Awesome was the ECW champion. He was still champion when he went to WCW. He had to drop that title, so he agreed to one more matchup. They got Taz, who was currently signed to the WWE, but was such a legendary member of the ECW roster and a legendary wrestler. So it was just an insane like circumstances that you would have a WCW wrestler versus a WWF wrestler versus in For ECW. An ECW belt, yeah. And and then you know the whole idea was to bring the title back to ECW. But then Taz wins it, and then he has the title on SmackDown. He has the title in WWF. Didn't he he fight Triple H while he was ECW champion for the WWE championship? Yeah, and it was um, it was whack just because like Triple H totally like destroyed Taz and Tommy Dreamer even made like a run in there during that matchup. But still, just the moment of having like all three brands like cross promoting in one matchup was pretty historic, especially for that time. No lie, I've never rooted for Taz Harder. My heart was broken. <laughs> I wanted to see him with the WWE title and the ECW title right here. <laughs> so just like um, what you were talking about, Dom, about the uh, Dean Malenko-Eddie Guerrero match like being special to you because you were there live. I was at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I believe it was 2000, September 8th. It was the episode. yeah. No, no, not, not 2005. Oh, oh, oh. In 2000, yeah. It was the episode of ECW on TNN where Cyrus comes out and cancels ECW on TNN, which leads to Paul Heyman coming out, taking out Cyrus with the cell phone, like smashing it, getting a huge pop. Grab the cell phone and do that. (laughs) Huge pop. Yeah, you really can't do that these days, you know, but but back then. (laughs) Now now you got Jose, the assistant with the tablet, but back in the day, you had Paul Heyman. You had a chance. I'm just saying. But the whole like thing, the way this segment played out, like it led to so much because 
from that moment, you have Paul Heyman standing in the ring in the Hammerstein ballroom. Crowd's going crazy. Rhino comes out. He gores Paul Heyman. The cops come in. They try to arrest Rhino. He gores a cop. And then now the whole ECW roster is coming out. It's crazy pandemonium, which also now leads to the scheduled TN, uh, not TNT, ECW TV title match between Kid Cash and Rhino, which was mm-hmm. a crazy matchup because now you still had the whole roster on the outside. There's a famous clip of Kid Cash doing his dive on the outside, doing taking the, out absolutely everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also in this matchup, you had the Sandman come out who was looking for revenge for uh, Rhino hitting a pile driver on his wife at the pay-per-view. Yep. And then at the end of this matchup, we had the return of Rob Van Dam from his knee injury. So this is the first time we've seen RVD in year in almost a year. Comes back from his injury, takes out Rhino, which leads to Kid Cash winning the uh, TV title. It was insane. Like I remember being there and just like not knowing what's going to happen next. It starts out with Cyrus canceling ECW. You have absolute pandemonium, and then you have Kid Cash winning the TV title at the end of the segment. And I feel like so basically. That- Basically, you had ECW is what you exactly, had. <laughs> exactly, and that's why like, I loved ECW so much. I feel like that whole segment embodied what the mentality was for ECW. Like it was the wild, wild west. You never knew what was going to happen. You never knew what could lead into something else. And I think that that was like a perfect like segment because if you have anybody who wanted to like know what it's ECW all about, like I feel like that's a segment you show them. You had everything mm-hmm. from cops running the whole roster. You had a freaking title match you have returns the crowd is going absolutely ballistic the whole time it was a great moment and i think that i love it even more just because i was there like i was like front row first balcony like even if you see like you see a little kid there like, i constantly like show it i'm like telling my girl i'm like you see that little kid it's me it's a little five-year-old de niro <laughs> but I, I, definitely that's a great moment i feel like this dude could have been my son <laughs> <laughs> Cause he was five, I was twenty fucking one. <laughs> it's close enough, right? <laughs> My number two is Jerry the King Lawler, WrestlePalooza nineteen ninety seven, showing up in the ECW arena. This was <laughs> this is sacrilegious right here. This was insane because you had the King who was calling out ECW on television on Monday Night Raw. He was the Perfect, like, antagonist for ECW, anti-ECW, calling it extremely crappy wrestling. Then when mm-hmm. he gets in the ring, gets on the mic, he just berates the, the crowd. Paper comment. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, this bingo hall ought to be built out of toilet paper because there's nothing there's in there's it. There's nothing but shit. but shit in here. Yeah, insane. You had the whole roster come out to defend ECW's honor. RVD and Sabu were playing, like, the defectors on Jerry the King Lawler's side who were taking out everybody. And I mean, everybody, Sandman came out, New Jack came out, even Paul Heyman at one point was fighting for ECW. And it wasn't until Mm -hmm. Taz came out where everyone was just scared of Taz and just bailed because Taz came out. But Mm -hmm. that was an absolute insane moment. Like I remember, I don't remember seeing it live because I was only like three years old at the time. But like, I know like my dad showed me clips of that moment, like a couple years later. And I just, one, the fact that you had cross promotion between WWF and ECW was insane to me because, like, I know he was a huge WCW fan. I'm a big WWF fan. So it was always like, oh, they all hate each other. They don't work together to see ECW <laughs> and WWF working together. It was like, wow, you do have companies that work together. It was insane. But I, all I know is it was just, you know, you had the devil showing up in church, basically. You, you can't have Jerry Lawler, of all people, show up in the ECW arena. It was an insane moment, but even like the matchup before that, Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. I I know this is not like 
my next moment. This is just a part of it, but it was like whole one big segment, kind of like the number three in the Hammerstein ballroom. You had Raven finally, well, you had Tommy Dreamer finally beat Raven, two year long feud. Tommy Dreamer never won. He finally gets his win, and then all of a sudden, lights go out. You got RVD, Sabu, and Jerry Lawler just fucking shit up. It was insane. And the next thing you know, Tommy loses a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insane, Not exactly like, lost, but but definitely injured badly. Almost, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> My number one is barely legal. You got to, I don't know. Number one is, it's insane because ECW was never supposed to be on pay per view. Like you said, Dom, it was it was the fans who were writing into in-demand pay-per-view. It was the fans who were basically petitioning for ECW to be oh, in that they spot. Could. Like exactly. writing, calling, even emailing because internet was just becoming a thing and, and yeah. just fighting to get them there. And, and then eventually when Paul Heyman finally, Yeah, and then when Paul Heyman finally made the announcement, it was like, it was like the ultimate victory. It was like winning the war. You know, he he made the announcement. And that was something that was like, you know, awesome about Paul Heyman. He was like the cult leader of the ECW fan base. So when he talked, everybody was like the troops. And he was like rallying up the troops. And that's why I feel like everybody believed in the product so much. Because you had like the voice of the product tell us, like, if you want us to succeed, it's on you guys to help us succeed. And the fans did exactly that. They got ECW to pay-per-view. And the pay-per-view... You know, I know a lot of people say, oh, it wasn't the best ECW pay-per-view. I mean, fuck it. It was the most historic ECW pay-per-view. You had <laughs> the ending with uh, Terry Funk bleeding and, you know, everyone's chanting our way. And he has the title in the air and he's just bleeding and then they go off the air. It's insane, like, how much emotion that that moment had. Even, like, the grudge match of the century, Taz versus Sabu, that matchup was built for almost two years before they finally touched. And then we had it at this show. Rob Van Dam was a last-minute replacement on the show. That's how stacked this card was. Yeah, You had an uh, insane six-man tag from Mishinoku Pro Wrestling, which was like – and then it just stole the show. A lot of crazy action that a lot of people in the United States weren't, you know, privy to. If you didn't – if you wasn't a tape trader, this was probably the first time you saw, like, Japanese pro wrestling in the States on pay-per-view. The show had it all. So I think number one definitely is barely legal. Nice. Awesome. I, growing up on the West Coast, had probably a little bit harder route of access to ECW. Uh, I think I heard it through rumors first. I was definitely young in high school when whispers of this company, I don't know if it was my friends who were also marks with me had heard about it and were telling me, like, oh, you should go check. It, it was almost like porn. It was like, you should go listen to this. Go watch that. Or like some you gotta watch this shit. It's crazy. Yeah. And you have to wait I had, mad late to I had some... <laughs> I had some probably defunct cable system back then, like DirecTV or Stars or some shit, where like <laughs> I, could maybe, I could maybe find it, but it was gonna be at two a.m. and I was you know like fourteen, whatever. And then it got put on the national network, which eventually became Spike. And I don't care if I had birthday tapes, if these were holidays on VHS, I was recording over everything and just mm-hmm. stockpiling <laughs> TNN footage of ECW. The first yeah. time I saw. And it was the teaser trailer to ECW coming to TNN. Just incredible laying into, I believe it was Francine with the kendo stick. I was like, for all the wrong reasons and probably not brag about it. I was like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. If you thought that was bad, you should have seen the Dudley's 3D Beulah. Oh, <laughs> breaking her neck. Yeah, breaking, breaking her, her neck. neck. 
I caught up quick oh. and I and I stayed fiercely loyal up until this very day and until forever. ECW for life. Um, my list is very similar to your guys. So I'm pretty proud that um, I consider myself a hardcore fan. I don't want to let you boys down who uh, not only grew up in the city, but also were able to attend live events a lot more often than I was. So um, this is a list of kind of a mix of what stands out for me as well as what I think also stands out for the company. Uh, my number five may not be as a big a deal to people, but I just loved the spots that happened in this match, and they were on highlight tapes forever. I think they even made their way into the intro of every ECW programming. And that, was, that is the two big spots in the RVD versus Bam Bam Bigelow match. The first one where he jumps from the top rope into the audience and pretty much only hits fans with the tope. Yeah. Like a, yep. And then I believe that same exact match where he's on Bam Bam's back and they go through the walkout ramp. Yeah. <laughs> That was that, that was a crowd silence moment. Um, I don't know if people knew if that was a work or a shoot or if they were supposed to go through it. I probably still don't know. It sounds planned, but you never know. Bam Bam was 500 pounds and RVD would do anything for the sport. And I just I see it in my head when you guys said, let's do a top five ECW. That was the first thing that popped in my mind. And that's why it is on the list. But that is also why it's number five. Number four, Psycho, you talked about this. The entire Tommy Dreamer Raven angle, starting with the it's not yours, it's Ravens. Yeah, it's, or it's Tommy's. Tommy's. <laughs> I can still hear that because it wasn't picked up by the mic. Because there, first of all, wasn't a mic in the ring like most major companies. It was yeah. all like hard camera mics. E- evolving, yeah. <laughs> evolving out of that angle, ending. I mean, obviously, Tommy never won. The whole story was he could never beat Raven. And then right. I remember it, it culminated with the chair shot her around the world. He finally got EC fucking W. He finally got his revenge and was able to sort of spiritually break free from the ties that bind Tommy to Raven. That whole angle was must-see TV, very Jerry Springer-inspired. I know where Paul Heyman got the influence because that was the number one shit at the time. Uh, yeah. But it was inside of hardcore wrestling, and I, I loved it every second of it. It was just it was just scumbag TV at its best, and it was amazing. Oh, man, I have to say, I, I'm looking at the comments, and Chris, I totally agree. The Eliminators were my team in ECW. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, I love the Eliminators. Those guys were the epitome of ECW. Like, they get hardcore, but then they also had so many kicks and technical ability and submission moves and high-flying. Like, it was just, we're going to give you everything, and everything is going to be in the Eliminators. <laughs> yeah. And I loved every time they hit the total elimination, Joey Styles was total elimination, total elimination. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they're definitely. In ECW, I miss you, Joey. Yeah, oh, goddamn, Bill, number one all time, right there. Number one, hundred um, percent. My number three, a different Taz match, but very similar, was the first time he fought Mike Awesome, which evolved into the three-way dance with Masato Tanaka. Because the crowd knew Taz was leaving. It was bittersweet. You got booed out of the building every time there were rumors of you going up north and down south. Yeah. and You sold out chance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of that. And there were those for Taz. Those existed for Taz, but I don't think they were as extreme as they could have been because there was a lot of love for Taz leading up to that moment. And I think a lot of people knew Taz was going to lose just in their hearts because of the contract. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know how it was going to happen. And what I love about three-way dances versus triple threats is in a three-way dance, it's, a, it's elimination. It's not first yes. person. To get the first person yeah. to get the win wins. I, they haven't, they, 
this is the last time I can think of where it was an elimination singles versus singles versus singles match. And it was originally Masato Tanaka coming over from Japan, the beautiful roaring elbow. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Awesome coming through the audience with Judge Jeff Jones yelling at Paul Heyman security. And Paul Heyman's like, you want this? Let's make it a three-way Way. Yeah. Get in there. Oh, my God. At yes. that moment, I was like, fuck, House Town. Well, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, House Town's going to win this. And he's out in like two minutes. It was like a Masato bomb into an awesome splash and fucking – Axel Rotten. Yeah, Bites. Yeah. <laughs> silent, I, think, I think they go silent for at least a couple seconds. The locker room empties. Axel Rotten's leading the charge with the claps. And I'm crying inside because I know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely didn't yeah, think that he was yeah. going to go on to have the same career in WWE. We saw what happened after the Kurt Angle incident. People got scared of wrestling him. So they just jobbed him out and kind of buried yeah. him injury after injury. And he became a great commentator. I'm enjoying it. I've always enjoyed his commentary, but. It's not the same sure. as it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to picture the human suplex machine versus the guy that's now on I mean, AEW, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's, <laughs> I, it's the same guy, but like that guy was against the Nels Table Jones over here yeah. with the guy was a <laughs> here and barely ever talked, you know. And now he can't not talk, and it's all good, man. He's making more money than he probably ever did in ACW, and he's getting. Oh, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's he actually did. getting checks sent to him. I just. I want to see Taz become the Orange Cassidy of of like the commentary table. I really do. Like he doesn't say anything. He just stay, he sits there like this for two, three hours. And put the towel back on too. Towel. Put the towel over his head. If you want, if you want, get Fonzie to run out every now and then with the whistle. I'm cool with that. Not the whole time. Right down the middle, daddy. Right down the middle, baby. Man, that whistle was annoying as fuck. Dude, it really was. The whistle really sold it for me, though, because I got it. It was, I, but I, it was so ECW at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. You know how many sure. times I'll be watching ECW and my mom will be like in another room and all she hears is the whistle. She's like, what the fuck is that whistle? I'm like, Ma, it's ECW. <laughs> oh, ECW. And she's like, what the fuck is that? Why does it keep going off? It's Fonzie. He's part human, part rat, and he loves his whistle. What are you going to do? Um, I am on number two, and... As you said, barely legal being in the iconic um, maiden voyage of ECW pay-per-view. I think this particular pay-per-view is the culmination of the best ECW pay-per-view. This is everything that they had built up to, and it all came together, in my opinion, guilty as charged 1999. This had so many iconic matches on it. You're allowed to disagree if you want to, but I love that entire main card from the tag match between the Dudley boys, New Jack and Spike Dudley. The RVD yeah. match versus Landstorm, which didn't end in a finisher. It ended in a catch-as-catch-can wrestling sequence with a German mm-hmm. suplex. Didn't end with a five-star. Didn't end with a single-leg Boston Crab or the other move that was Landstorm. Was, did he have, like, the gotch pile driver, I think, was his finisher at some point? Um, yeah. It was just pure technical wrestling, and it was a clean finish. Bill Alfonso, I think, only held the chair once, maybe, at best. Um the iconic ladder match between Justin Incredible and Tommy Dreamer. Highlight reels forever was the dream cutter off the top of the ladder. Um, oh, my God, yeah. And then that main event, which also featured my favorite promo of all time, which was the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. Collide, Taz, bitch, you're mine. Isn't that right? Yeah, Shane, you're right. Francine scared as fuck. <laughs> I can recite that promo. Shout out I, to I, Francine. Every time. I love that woman. Yeah. 
Mrs. You kind of yeah. sounded like Shane Douglas too when you said that right now. Oh, <laughs> I say, like, if, if you close your eyes, like well, I forget, I forget what the the full line was. Like, um, if you want an easier job, you take your job. You, you take that shit up north and down south. But here, Taz, bitch, you're mine. Yeah, like yeah. That, I, I watched that promo. God, I love Shane Douglas so much, man. The promos yeah. are insane. Shane was that Taz going up into the audience, coming back into the ring. And then the lights dropping out, and we don't know what's happening. And then you hear, dude, dude, the return of Sabu from I believe it was the broken jaw injury, or was it the neck yes. injury? Because at gave, that point it was the jaw. He had so many he, injuries, though so it's hard to keep track. Pun intended. He took the hook to the face from Taz, and then was probably kayfabe taping it with electrical tape. Mm-hmm. In the ring. And then he had like fu on the chin. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes out and he puts them both through tables, and then Taz gets to talk the Kata Hajime and wins the ta- the heavyweight title, top to bottom. That is the pay per view that I would show someone and saying, "Hey, you want to know ECW? Let's watch Guilty." No, Star that's now. a great one. I love yeah, that pay per view. Sure. I really do. I still I, watch I, it to this day. I, I'm probably gonna have to go back and watch it start to finish because um, VHS tapes are. I don't have them. I just don't. I might have no. to plug in the VCR after this. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I have the um, I have the DVD of that one from I think RF Video. They have like the original copy with God like damn. the original music and all. Tell me, is RF Video still around? Because only the hardcores know about RF. I, I believe so. Oh, I, mean, I know about it. I, I could check, but I know like I got it like a couple years ago, where it was like yeah. the original RF copy RF of it. I when I worked wow. at Revolution Pro, my guy was my um, the the owner and my trainer. Uh, American Wild Child was the RF video of um, West Coast and Puderesu and Lucha Libre wrestling. So you would go to RF for like a lot of the hard to find American stuff. And then mm-hmm. uh, Rudo's video was the company for the Japanese, Mexican, and West Coast stuff. And that's when I really had access to things I would never find on just general TV. Because back in my day, I had channels 1 through 13, and that was basically just Fox and UPN. And we know who was running Fox and UPN. It was Cops and SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, and and to to clarify, Southern Pro Wrestling, like anything, Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka was just like unbelievable wrestling yeah. television host, hardcore. Like, you call it what you want. I don't care if it's ECW, FMW, you name it. Go go back and watch any match that they had. You'll love it. Exactly. Sure. And my number one is the moment that started ECW. It was on number one on your, it was number five on Mike's list, but number one on South <laughs> Philly's list. And that was the night that Shane Douglas threw down the NWA title. I had to find out about it after the fact, because, you know, I, some things you just miss. I never got to see Godfather because I wasn't born in the sixties, but I went back, I watched it and I did my homework. Um, and that's what I had to do with a lot of ECW and yeah, the original pipe bomb. I mean, I don't know why people don't bring it up and call it as such. Um, Here you go. But it the entire a- saga on Blu-ray. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Brian De Palma for most of that right there. Fuck yeah. And uh, Puzio, Mario Puzio, was that the guy that wrote the book? Yes. I have the book over here, too. <laughs> yeah, he also wrote, like, Superman 2, which is fucking wild. He really did. I, I actually live, like, 20 minutes away from the Godfather house in Staten Island. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I need, I need, I need By the way, I guess since we're on Godfather shit, rest in peace, James Conn. They finally shot Sonny on the causeway. What the fuck? Look at that <laughs> massacre, my boy. Also, uh, Tony Sirico from today. Yeah, you know, no, that one hurt because, God, yeah. three, I love Paulie. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Paulie, man. So, I mean, well, we got to talk. Well, all right. 
that's my list. I can't really go too much into the Shane Douglas thing that you didn't already say. You did it a lot better than I did, but it was the <laughs> Well, thank I'm you. You lived it, and I had to catch up on it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the Italian mob content, you know, fictional universe, Leota, then Khan, and then Sirico, like, that has that's the worst trifecta. I mean, yeah, that hurts. All me. respect to everybody who has passed, you know, like, ever, I guess. But, like, they always talk about it happens in threes. And I just put it together yeah, that that was the third. Um, yeah, man, Sopranos, Godfather, and Goodfellas. So, like, the best of the best right there. Um, sure. Absolutely. That is Absolutely. that is my list. If I had an honorable mention, like, about a year or two ago during COVID. I can't say that. During COVID-19, don't strike us, YouTube. I don't know why they do that. During I don't know why either. During yeah. the pandemic. I think you get I away got, with that. I got to interview um, PJ Polacco, just incredible. Wow. That was a very surreal moment because I had to get over the fact that not only was I talking to just incredible, the hardcore icon, but I also wasn't talking to just incredible because that character was so genuinely a bastard and I wasn't expecting him to be a dick. But he was he's actually a pretty nice guy. He's a a sweetheart. (laughs) Nicest guy ever. And it was like being in the upside down. I'm like, here's a guy that was like caning Francine, bleeding, Mm -hmm. swearing, just the rated R Austin of the time. And he he and I were like joking about like Dragon Ball Z and music. And we were talking earlier about how they had the overdub ECW tracks. Oh god! What what got me into heavy metal, and I put a clip of this up on the Instagram, um, was the ECW soundtrack, the original hardcore soundtrack, mm-hmm. which featured covers of the original songs used by the wrestlers walking out. But yeah. I, besides, I had that I, on cassette. By I the had way. It is that on, the one with the same man on the cover? Yeah, going like this. Yep, with, with the barbed wire all over. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the barbed wire. Yeah, yeah. He had the matching tattoo, and it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. But besides maybe the, the the Metallica cover, which I knew was a cover, I didn't know any of those other songs were not the originals. And that's kind of like mm. I got to joke about that with uh, with with Justin. Like I'm like, I didn't know that "Walk" by Kilgore, which was the cover was band, Pantera, yeah. was not Pantera. Pantera. <laughs> I didn't know who Pantera yeah. was. It took me this. a minute too, homie. I'll be. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not <laughs> even gonna lie because I was. I was more of a hip hop kid, so right. ECW kind of kind of introduced me to. A different form of music and now i listen to everything but when i when i heard kilgore i was like that's not pantera like are you sure <laughs> it sounds like a raw rehearsal f- version but it sounded good i mean at the time and yeah I, me being 13 didn't know any better um yeah. the balls by acdc i thought that was i didn't know that was an acdc song at all um, <laughs> i forget the name of the general he's changed his name so many times uh the guy who wrote the ecw theme song was like del the Deltrons or something like that. Um, yeah. I'm going to look that up, but he's changed his name a bunch of times, but he's basically just like a solo artist with fill-ins. Was it um, Harry and the Slash Stones or something? That was it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Harry and the Slash Stones. It was just coming to me when you said it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Curse my old brain. You know, I didn't know until um, recently that the ECW theme song, when you hear extreme, that's not Paul Heyman. I thought that was Paul Heyman this whole time. That's actually I don't think I ever, for the longest time. Dude. I don't think I ever thought it was anybody. I thought maybe it might be the guy. In the I, I, I got to say, while, while he's looking this up, you know, thinking back to ECW being on TNN and the way that it went, 
Could you imagine if TNN turned into Spike before Impact? Like, what's mm. better for television for men than ECW? Like, nothing yeah. against WWE. Right. But if you're talking television for men, Extreme Championship Wrestling was it. <laughs> yeah. When in, in the TNN crossover era to Spike TV, you had ECW. You almost were, we were coming into A Thousand Ways to Die, which was their mm-hmm. big show. That was the big yeah, channel. That was yeah. the big show. That was a great show. Bunch of reruns Bunch of reruns show was amazing. Yeah, but of course, TNN, TNN originally was, it was literally the national network. It was fucking rodeos and bullfighting yeah. and country oh, yeah. music. That was yeah. it. And roller derby. <laughs> roller derby. Oh, roller, no. <laughs> roller derby. Roller derby. Holy shit. And the crossover. They actually. Roller Derby made the crossover, and then when Dodgeball came out, that also made the crossover. No, no, no. If you yeah. remember, ECW was immediately followed by Slam Ball. I used to stick around. I was going to bring it up. The it was like basketball guys on trampoline. Oh, I used to love Slam Ball. That shit was insane. And by the way, Devious One, if you do ECW's best rivalries, you got to have me back. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I go um, all night on that shit, honestly. Yeah. I'm having a hard time <laughs> yeah. not picking a new subjects and would make a whole completely different list. But those are our lists. Um, ECW never dies. It's like it just gets embedded. It is it is the hepatitis of barbed wire blood inside of our veins. And I will <laughs> gladly talk about this content with anybody who wants to. I appreciate you guys coming on and reliving our childhood together. Me being from the West Coast, you guys living it front row. I'm very jealous. And if it ever comes back, it probably won't, and it'll never be the same. It never was. So there's a reason that everything on this list didn't include the uh, Orlando Jordan title reign. <laughs> or or yeah. Big Show or, or whoever. Or Matt knows. Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> and still to this day, you see so many influences, like ECW influences. Um, even the last AEW pay-per-view, their, their own pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, you had – the anarchy in the arena with the music playing the whole time. First thing I thought of yes, New Jack, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. you still have a lot of ECW influences on today's modern wrestling. So it's going to always live forever. Every now and then you get a, you fucked up channel in AEW. Oh yeah. yeah. And even that, oh, even yeah. that yeah. just, I think all, back. I don't want to say all chants originated in ECW, but all of Jack the chants, all of the chants we hear. <laughs> Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger, in, Jesus least, like, the, the NXT, the NXT crowd, I always considered being the kids of the guys who were chanting in ECW. The mm-hmm. this is awesome, um, the AE dub, AE dub, NXT, all those chants. They yeah, may have developed in the indies somewhere, but they started, in my opinion, as as fiercely as they did in ECW. So for sure. Worst Was there moments? any worst moments? I I could think of one. Oh. There's a lot of WWE do, reboot moments I can give one, you. <laughs> one each, and then we can close it out. But I don't even know if I have one, so you guys go first. I, uh, I got a two. There was a moment. I forgot who was in the match. I believe it was Terry Funk versus Cactus Jack. And there was a chair where they wrapped around like a towel around the chair and lit it on fire so the flame would stay on the chair. And Cactus Jack went to swing the chair, but the towel with the flames – fell off the chair and went to the crowd. Oh, yeah. When, and oh, there was shit. a big flame. One person got severely burnt. They had to shut down the whole show. Everyone had to evacuate. And it's still known today as a fire incident in ECW because it was the only time where a show, uh, the whole show had to be shut down because of an incident. But yeah, like the guy got severely burnt. But he was such an ECW fan 
that he didn't even care. He was there like a couple like, months later. Uh, like, all, yeah, he had he had the bandages all up, and he was like, they named him Fire Guy or whatever. <laughs> so nice. yeah, I think that's how I know about the one exits because that story was told somewhere for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to pick like an original ECW worst moment. It really is it because like. Everything was so good, but at the same time, it was so raunchy and so bad. Yeah, so it was like, like it, it was so the good. best of the worst, you know? Yeah. So bad um, that it was good. God, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> the only thing I because yeah, like you said, it was so bad, but a lot of, it was so there was so few things that happened that were unintentionally bad. You yeah. know, like it was yeah. so few. Uh, but we didn't really play them up. It would literally just be if you're in the crowd and something goes wrong, you chant, you fucked up for a couple of seconds and then yeah. you move on. There, like there was it, it wasn't there like no- it is today where there's botch yeah. mania and everybody complaining yeah, about this and that. Mania. Not they've ever been in a ring, but they have the right to complain. It was just literally somebody would fuck something up. We would sit there for, you know, five to 30 seconds chanting, you fucked up. And then we would move on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was a simpler I mean, time, boys and girls. If I were to pick anything, and I guess it's just more in poor taste, and I can't speak on behalf of this young woman because it's her opinions and she's right to have them, and I agree with her. But okay. it was the night that Kimona Wanalea danced atop the ECW arena. I think that there was a delay in production for some particular reason, and the crowd was getting feisty in the in not the correct way. I think they were borderline about to riot for some reason. I yeah. don't know. Like, somebody wasn't like refused. Shane Douglas like refused to show. I don't know. There was something like that where like something wasn't going as planned in the crowd. And Paul Heyman is like audible. Kimono, get up there and just just dance for them. Just do whatever you want. Strip tease them. And she's like, okay, but on one condition, turn all the fucking cameras off, or I'm not doing it. And you need me to do this because this crowd's out of hand. You can't control this, but I can. So she gets up there with the pretense that the cameras are off. She does her strip tease. And Paul Heyman said, action, and the cameras were rolling, and then he put the tape out. That's the only thing I can think of that was in, I think, mm. legitimate yeah. poor taste. Yeah, that was definitely poor taste. Yeah, I know I a mean, lot of people point towards the crucifixion angle as well, but... Yeah, yeah that was uh, only that poor was taste because they lost out on Kurt Angle. Is, is that they lost out on Kurt Angle. And then they had to have or? Raven come out and, like, Shoot, apologize after the show. <laughs> oh god, that oh, was that. like the most half-ass apology too. <laughs> I thought you meant no, the only the only thing believable was like oh. when he said you respected Scott Levy's policy, you know, privacy when I had my issues. So I will respect yeah. your beliefs. That part seemed legit. The rest was just like he was he had a piece of paper and he was like, yeah, I sincerely yeah, apologize to Kurt Angel for offending him. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, for sure. Love that list, you guys. I appreciate you coming on anytime. ECW. Oh, anytime. Thank you, Ivan. Thanks for watching. Absolutely. Thank you, Ivan. That was was a lot of fun. I will see you guys next week. We're not sure what our top five is. Go follow the Wrestling DeLorean on Instagram. Top Rope Wrestling as well. Circle of Debate. And appreciate everybody watching. Peace out.